It's your girl Sylvia. She, her, and hers. What up? It's Tori. She, her, and hers. And we're back. Uh, took a week off last week. And uh, so you got a replay of a uh, past episode. Um, I think I replayed Booty Juice. If you remember oh, that episode. really? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> often think about that, you know, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. You think about Booty Juice? <laughs> well, you know, because Lizzo's on uh, TikTok. <laughs> yes, Lizzo is on TikTok. <laughs> yes. So, um, so yeah, they got, they got to listen to booty juice again, um, this last week, but we're yeah, back, we're back. we're back this week and we are back with a guest. We couldn't wait long enough. We had to have him back. We're, you know, we're, we're addicted to the strong Eric Strong's <laughs> back with us. Um, we had to have Eric today. It was a impromptu spontaneous request. For the reason I'm sure that you all know we're going to talk about today, the Derek Chauvin trial ended and there were three verdicts of guilty. Yeah. So Eric, welcome. Thanks for uh, joining us on a short notice uh, to uh, recap, rehash, uh, talk about this, talk about what does it mean? What does it mean for uh, on the on the small scale, on the large scale, on every scale? So thanks for being back. Well, yeah. Thank you for having me again. I am E Strong and I am he, him, and his. And uh, thank you guys for having me back. I appreciate it. Although yeah. I know I'm really just a replacement today. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say right. that, but you know, it's yeah. Okay. It's okay. You're the stand in. Yeah. You'll do yeah. for now. But I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it. Yeah, there okay. you go. Uh, so, yeah, so we know that uh, Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all counts all uh, today. Yeah. Um, his eyes darted. So this is coming from uh, U.S. News. It says his eyes darted left and right over his light blue surgical mask as Judge Peter Calhill read the jury's verdict. But he betrayed little else in the way of emotion. Chauvin, who was convicted of second and third degree murder, as well as second degree manslaughter, stood up quickly after the judge ordered his bail revoked and uh, uh, complainantly placed his hands to be handcuffed before he was led out of the courtroom. He faces up to 75 years in prison when he returns for sentencing in eight weeks. 75 years I was thinking about that like on my way driving thinking that morning he just woke up like Floyd probably didn't think anything was gonna you know his day was gonna go by you know hopefully safe and then I mean nine minutes into putting his foot knee on somebody now he's looking at 75 years you know, I think that's a combined sentencing. Um, uh, I want to say for the second degree or third degree, one's 40 years, one's 25, like and 
maximum ones, I believe, 12 or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe he'll get all of it. I mean, whatever time he gets, I'm sure they'll run it concurrently. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and listen to some of the experts, you know, obviously uh, he doesn't have a criminal record, first mm -hmm. offense, all those kind mm -hmm. of things come into play yep. with sentencing. But it's going to be very interesting to see what this uh, sentence is going to be, you know. Um, Does, now, uh, is there any, because um, I mean, this is California code, so do they have any kind of where it was so egregious they can go outside of the sentencing guide guidelines or are they, um, oh no, it's not California, this is Minnesota. Um, I wonder if they're bound, you know how like, when, like in Oregon there's sentencing guidelines and so it's like a grid, you know, boom, 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 and that's here and that's it. Like I wonder what Minnesota has for the ability to go outside of what is the recommended sentence, you know, based on, like you're saying, they're gonna, he has no criminal history, so that's, there's no points there. There's no alleged other um, even arrests. So, you know. Um, well, there's a minimum and a maximum. So right. um, I certainly hope they don't go outside on the minimum. Right. <laughs> that is going to cause some problems. I'm sure people <laughs> will not be happy about that. Yeah. But, but it appears that this process is going um they're, they're going above board. I mean, they're, they're doing, you know, everything, you know, it seems to me the right way. Um, you know, everything is being handled the way it should in any case. So, yeah, yeah. it's funny. I just mm -hmm. answered my own question because I had an article about this popped up and it actually says uh, here that probably based on his past history, um, he could be he could serve 12 point 12 and a half years. Yeah. I, yeah. I was, it's funny. I was just talking to somebody today and I figured, um, I, I think I threw out, I will probably do about 12 to 15. Yeah. I don't know if Minnesota has, uh, uh, allotments for good behavior and, you know, good time work right. or anything like that. But I, I think that if, if, if the public sees anything below, you know, nine or 10 years, I think there'll be a little bit of, uh, outrage. Um, yeah. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And, you know, it's just all we can do now is kind of. I would say anywhere below 15. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, the, the fact that this was a man who had all the power and nobody could have stopped him. Not even his own officers that were there who were like, hey, should we turn him over? That didn't even stop him. The crowd didn't stop him. You know, I think that deserves a little bit more than just because, you know, like uh, Muhammad, who was like, I, I'm gonna live with this the rest of my life. You know, he gave a, a little speech saying, you know, I didn't mean it. I don't believe that he should have been on trial for anything. Right. I mean, of, of these two, he should not have been on trial you know, right. Derek clearly, yes. And you know, um, and the interesting thing is I have not seen, and of course I didn't watch it 24 seven, but I, I have not seen not one ounce of remorse, not one ounce of, oh my gosh, what did I do? Um, no statement. I mean, even throughout the trial, you know, if, if you really think you're innocent, if you really think you didn't do anything wrong and then you get convicted of three counts of murder, 
wouldn't you have some emotion to that? Uh, right. Some- even, yeah. Even if I'm thinking I'm wrongly convicted. Right. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Like, like, you, like you your sh- head would like move, like you'd yeah. be shook a little bit, you know? Exactly. But he, he, he um, even nothing. the very day out there when I, you know, it was so heart wrenching to just, you know, following the trial to watch that video over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Every time I watched it, I came up with another, another degree of just absolute disgust. Mm-hmm. for the way that he portrayed himself, you know, throughout that whole thing. And, 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 and Sylvia, you said nobody else could have stopped him. And, and, and again, mm-hmm. I think we had this conversation before, you know, those other cops could have stopped him, you know, yeah. they really could have. And, and I really think that, you know, there is so much culpability on each one of them that was there. Uh, he was obviously the most, you know, yeah. of them all you know he mm-hmm. had the most egregious actions but we talked about it last time i don't understand how you see this guy stop talking some breathing and somebody just doesn't say oh crap you know hey right do something i mean you know we we got to do something different this isn't working you know so i i i think that um those, those other police officers i unfortunate that he put them in a situation but that's what being a police officer should be about stepping up and doing the right thing not just following some guy down a rabbit hole and just, you know, letting him lead you in the darkness, you know? Right. Uh, you always talk about leaders are supposed to, you know, uh, police officers are supposed to be leaders and courageous and, and brave and do all the right things. None of those guys did the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I don't, I just don't see it. And, um, you know, it's, it, it, it resulted in, in the death of a, of a human being. And um, it's, it's sad. Yeah, you know? it is sad. It's, I mean, and I think, on one hand, I think, <clears throat> you know, it's justice. Uh, justice was served. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, but he's not coming back. Like, right. there is no justice. There is no justice when somebody can't be made whole again. Um, there is, you know, there is no, you know. I think, I think uh, listening to the press conference, I don't, I, it might have been, um, might have been Al Sharpton or somebody was saying that, you know, the family is not is not happy to see this man go to jail. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they would much rather just have, you know, their son back. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. rather have their family member back, you know, so they're not happy about it. But this is part of the process. And like you said, you know, um, hopefully, you know, you know, what really gets me, though, is, is, is in today's day uh, since, well, it's been going on for a long time, but especially since George Floyd, how do we still have law enforcement doing the things that they're doing out there, especially this guy in Virginia that, uh, getting the army lieutenant out of the car? Yeah. Oh. What point, at what point do you stop and say, yeah. oh, wait a minute, I got to reel this back in. You know, uh, maybe I'm a little anxious. I mean, at what point do you realize or come back and say, okay, let me, let me tone this down a little bit. Yeah. Right. You know, you, or, you or why of, even start? Like, yeah, I mean, like that's why are you so amped why are you, already? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I don't get. I mean, you have to know that the world is watching. And that everybody's got cameras. Everybody's got cameras. He has you got camera. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's got and, cameras. And and the mind, and who knows what this guy is thinking, but the mindset to not have the thought process in your mind as a police officer today, number one. 
here's the interesting thing. You know, uh, oftentimes, you know, training and briefing. It always baffled me how young police officers who have had cameras and cell phones their entire life <laughs> don't understand the concept that you're going to get videotaped for just about everything you do and they right. continue to do dumb stuff. Now, me, right. on the other hand, we didn't have cell phones. You didn't have these cameras. You didn't have this high tech, state of the art. You know, um, everybody's got a ring door camera that you, you could then your film a movie on these days, right? You know, <laughs> and, you know, you know. Back in in my day when I first came out there, if you had a camera, it was like this big. You know, yeah. you saw it. <laughs> yeah, on your it shoulder. Was, it was like putting a big boom box, putting a big boom box on your shoulder. You know, you're sitting there looking at it, and and not only that, beyond about ten feet. It was grainy. Right? Yeah. The quality yeah. was Jesus. shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you have surveillance cameras that can that can catch you. Record in 4K. 300 and, feet you know. away. And you're still doing stupid stuff. It, yeah. it baffles me that yeah. these young people today, you know, some old heads like me should be the ones that, you know, say, oh, oh, oh I forgot about cameras. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it's these young heads, you know, and you tell these deputies, I tell deputies all the time, there is, you are always going to be on camera. Yeah. So what did you think about, I mean, I don't know if you watched the ending of that video where uh, I think his name was Joe Gutierrez was the officer where he was talking to the army guy. I can't even remember what his name. I, I, I'm bad with names, but he was talking to the army guy because he was suing, but he was basically telling him, Hey, you know, don't say nothing. We're letting you go. No charges, no nothing. But if you want to start saying something, I'm going to have to bring you in and charge you. I didn't see that part. But if he said that, what an idiot. I'm sorry. Right. What an idiot. Don't say anything. What do you mean? Don't say anything. Right. You know, I at mean, that point, at that point, you know, the absolute right thing to do, honestly, and I don't know if he did it. I'm not saying he didn't do it, but you get your sergeant out there, you get your supervisor out there and you let them know what just happened. Yeah. You know, you let them know, hey, you know what? I might've got a little bit amped up, excited. You know, my adrenaline was flowing, whatever. But you're going to sit up there and tell somebody on camera, hey, don't say anything. If you want to say something, I, if I didn't see that part, but if, oh yeah, that, that's- yeah. Uh, That's right, yeah. yeah. Now that you're saying it, I'm thinking, why have, I, I, yeah. I did. Yes. Now that you saw the, the entire video, because at first I only saw the beginning part where, you know, from from the point of stop up, up to the, the pepper spraying, that was mm -hmm. the point. But yeah, you, that that part the of the end. video w has recently been released. And yeah, he's like basically saying like, hm, you know, yeah, at the end of it, and, and, you know, we'll they realized cool, right? he we're had cool, his, we're cool, right? Yeah. We're cool. Like, yeah, but no, we're not but cool. If, no, we're not if, cool. Yeah, but we're never you, cool. Right. And he's like, but if you decide to, you know, say something, yeah, I'm going to have to bring charges. Yeah, I'm going to have to. Well, let, let's up. just look at what let, charges let, are you bringing? Let, let's just look at the at the irony of that. I'm going to tell you that if you say something, I'm going to take you to jail and I'm going to bring charges. So but do I really think you're not going to say something as soon as I let you go tonight? You're not going to say something tomorrow. What are you going right. to come back and get me tomorrow? Or yeah. something that happened today because I filed a complaint against you later. Right. I mean, do you really think that somebody's going to sit up there and say, oh, well, no, I'm going to say something. You know, right. oh, you're going to take me to jail. Yeah, I'm going to say something. I'm still, of course. I mean, 
Yeah. You know, I mean, some people might just say, hey, take me to jail because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a politician. I'm a, I'm a squeal like a pig. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, what, what, you know, just the audacity to sit up there and, you know, and, and, and to behave like that and you still don't get it. Right. You, I, I mean, we're human. We get emotionally uh, um, triggered. You know, there's adrenaline, there's anger for whatever reason. Not right. saying it's right. But what I'm saying is that police officers are not robots. They are human. But at the same time, once the, once the, the, the situation is, is, is calmed down and toned down, what's wrong with apologizing? What's wrong with recognizing that you did, you, you took it to a level it didn't have to be. Right. But instead, what I'm going to do is pretty much just threaten you yeah. and say, hey, if you say something, I'm going to take you to jail what are you going to take me to jail for? You shouldn't have done all this right. in the beginning. Exactly. Right. So yeah. you're just going to make it worse. Yeah. I, I think, I'm, I think I, there's I, a piece of this, this video, you know, that, that I saw in, in the, in the, uh, Derek Chauvin, George Floyd video is the officer that pepper sprayed and the backing up the officer backed him up. I heard something in his voice just like almost like a, a nervousness right yes. like telling lieutenant nazario like come on man just you know like just cooperate right like yes not not a like command but almost like a pleading like i can't trust this guy and to me that was that that is the point you step in right and how that power dynamic is clearly part of the culture right like you're saying like you 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 would be you would like step in or but how there is that culture of a senior officer i i'm assuming the guy's a, a less senior because he looked pretty young so you know right yeah right. i'm assuming that the dude the bigger dude has been on the force for a, a little bit longer i want to say and i'm going to try to pull it up um i want to say that guy had a couple stripes on his shoulder and he may have been a um uh uh, training officers, what we call it out here. I mean, I don't know what they're called out. Yeah, there. I felt I, I didn't I didn't know, but I felt felt that vibe in the video. Right. right. And yes. um, which speaks to the you know the systemic, you know, power dynamic that exists mm -hmm. that is part of the greater system. You know, problem right. is Absolutely. is that fear to, and I think we saw that. What you know what it, I don't know what they call it the the blue blue line of silence or whatever that they're they're calling it um yeah they've called it the yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah i think we did see in the Derek chauvin trial oh, a breaking of that silence a little bit right that that i i didn't expect to see well I mean, and i think every i think it was i'd hope to see it but i don't expect to see it <laughs> I, I i think it was because the video and there was no way around it yeah like if it was could imagine if there was no video we would never know about George Floyd. He would just be another black man That's in the morgue who was resisting arrest. Yep. Well, you know, I, I will say this, that um, there have been plenty of incidents captured on video, and I've heard plenty justifications for actions, you know, um, mm -hmm. that I, I remember saying I can see certain things about it a certain way, but at the same time, um, certain things at some point, you just get to a point where there, there's really no justification for certain things, you know. Um, and, and, you know, interesting thing too is that 
uh, I think I, I think I shared with you a training that I attended where uh, there was a, a forensic video guy and he mm. talked about the delay and the, um, the fact that there are bites of video that are repeated if movements don't happen and it's all designed and it's all embedded within the software and it's designed to save uh, space or memory or something. Yeah. You know? um, but you know, some things are just like you said, just just unexcusable, unexplainable, and and it really it really demonstrates you know um, a lack of, of of compassion, caring, respect, you know, just for people. Yeah, yeah. And so on that um, on that exchange, here's what pissed me off. You know, again, and this is because they I was talking to you, Eric, earlier about the whole use of force and what I learned from the whole watching. Um, the Chauvin trial. So this police chief, this Riddle police chief, the one for, or his name is Riddle. Um, he says, I wish he, meaning Nazario, would have complied a whole lot earlier. Hmm. Now, the whole thing about complying, you know, and what that use of force expert was saying was, even if you jiggle like this, you know, put your arm out and, you know, hey, don't touch me. Then the one-upmanship that officers are trained to one-up that force. So, you know, if I'm just saying, hey, don't touch me and I'm moving my arm, officers are trained to, to go higher than just that, which is, you know, which for me, when this police chief is saying, well, I wish Nazario would have just complied earlier. My thing is, since when do police officers feel like they can violate people's constitutional rights because they feel like it? Because they, they said they pulled Nazario over because he didn't have a license plate. And then when the, they, you know, part of the video shows that he had that little temporary, because it was a newer vehicle, mm -hmm. that it was there displayed in the back of his, you know, of his vehicle. And I'm like, you stop a man, you, and, and what he said was, I didn't want to pull over in the dead of night. I, I want to be safe. I want everybody to be safe. So I'm just going to go and pull, which they tell females too. Hey, if I'm a female, I'm being pulled over, say the middle of nowhere, I'm going to, you know, obviously not go high pursuit. Right. slowly try to find a place where it's very well lit or somewhere where we can all be safe right right so that's what he said he did now i, I don't know that area but he's also a man in uniform like it's right. not like it's just a regular joe schmo he's also a man in uniform and he ident identifies himself as being in the army and that still wasn't like any type of courtesy or nothing it, it meant nothing so let me let me just kind of give you a little description of what happens. You know, um, you pull somebody, you 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 turn your lights on, and you try to pull somebody over on a traffic stop, and they keep driving. So what's going through a police officer's mind oftentimes is, are they looking for a place to run? Are they thinking? Are they nervous? Are they trying to hide something in the car? You know, sometimes when you know let's just say that there's some absolute criminal activity. There's guns, there's dope, whatever. Let's just say something's in a car. Yeah. And you see the police behind you. What would normally go through anybody's mind if, oh, shoot, I, what do I do? What do I say? Uh, should I pull over? What if they can't? You know what I mean? So you're kind of thinking and processing. And that's what we're trained that, hey, when somebody doesn't pull over, 
start considering these things. Yeah. Start considering that they are planning, they are plotting, they're nervous, they're scared. However, when they do pull over into a gas station, a well-lit area, you should also consider that, okay, this person wanted to pull over into a well-lit area. Guess what? That's better for me. Yeah. I have more lighting. I can see better. There's cameras. There might be other people around. So it works both ways. But at the same time, when somebody's not pulling over for you, it does start ramping up your red flags. Yeah. It starts ramping them up and saying, hey, what is this guy doing? What is this person doing? Male, female, I don't know who it is. I don't know why they're not pulling over. But now let's take this a little bit further. Let's transition into this and, and, and get up to where he's up on the side of the car. If you're that worried, if you're that nervous, if you're that scared, you don't walk up on that car. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the guy has his hands out. He has his hands out. So you decide to walk up and approach the car. You're looking in the car now. You have your light. You have your gun out. You're looking in the car. The fact that this police officer puts his gun away and pulls out his pepper spray. That also tells me, okay, you're no longer that threatened, you know? And then he's telling the Lieutenant, unbuckle your seatbelt. And the Lieutenant's saying, no, mm -mm, I'm not right. reaching in this car. So now you're telling me that I'm, in other words, I'm telling you unbuckle your seatbelt. So therefore I'm, I've, I've given up my fear that in between your seat and your console, maybe there's a gun, maybe, there, maybe he got a good enough view and he's like, yeah, I'm not worried about it. I want you to unbuckle your seatbelt. The lieutenant's saying, no, I'm not putting my hands back. Just tell me what's going on. And, you know, he tells them, yeah, he does that. Yeah, I pulled you over for a traffic infraction, blah, 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 blah. But then here's the other thing. You get him out of the car. Your gun is put away. You have your hands on him. And now you're telling him, get down on the ground for a traffic infraction. Why? Right. Why not? He's out of the car. Well, he, you forgot to mention he pepper sprayed him. Yeah, while he, he still, sprayed him. Yeah, right. while he still had his seatbelt still belted. Right. So he, he had to, yeah. And, and at some point, once I get you out of the car for a traffic infraction, why am I telling you to get on the ground? And then, okay, so I would have, the, the chief says he would like to have seen the, the Army Lieutenant comply a little bit sooner and maybe follow those commands. But I'm sorry, if you don't get on the ground, I'm not gonna sit up there and argue with you about getting on the ground. Right. I am going to grab your hands, I'm gonna get my partner, hey, grab his other hand, let's put him in handcuffs. What do we need to get him, why is it absolutely necessary? What it was is you're not doing what I'm telling you to do. And I want you to do it regardless of if it makes sense. So I'm gonna start kneeing you in the thigh, I'm gonna start doing, Bottom line is if you're threatened, if you feel somebody may have a weapon, what do you want to do? You want to control the hands. Yeah. You grab the hands, you put them in handcuffs. You do a search. You do a, He didn't do a search. He's, he's more worried about the guy getting on the ground than searching him to see if he could have a weapon tucked into yeah. his waistband, you know, or anything like that. It, it became about ego. It, came, it became all about ego in this one right here. And, and, you know, this is a clear cut. Would it have been any different? had the lieutenant complied you know i don't know but i i mean you know you, again it goes back to this in today's day and age number one you have a, a black man or a minority man he's he's mixed afraid to reach into his car and take his seatbelt off mm -hmm. why because of what we see right you also have a police officer 
that should be looking at the exact same thing, the exact same things that's going on in society that should say, hey, I got to recognize where we are in this, in this point of history in this country. And I can't, you know, even if you, I guess what I'm saying is this, he shouldn't be doing it just for those reasons. But if you don't do it for any other reason, but for those reasons, you should, right. Right. You should, you should just treat people right, treat people fairly, you know, so there's all, I, I mean, I think the problem for, problem for me with the whole thing was him coming so coming in so hot in the first place. Like, like, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Like you're trained that if certain things are happening, once you took, once you light them up, if something, if there's a delay in the pullover, like your brain goes to this place of, you know, what, what's happening, what's, what's going on. You know? and, and let me add this and let me add this to just so you, you're probably also getting on the PA system on right. your, on your loudspeaker and telling him, pull over, pull yeah. over, stop your car, pull over. So I really think that that's why he comes out so hot. Not because he feels so threatened, but because this guy didn't do what he told him to do when he told him to do it. Because again, once he pulls into that gas station, you should be saying- And then his hands out, With right? his hands out, you should be saying, okay, this is even better for me. Right. This for, is if, sa if safety is of concern. Yes, yes. So, so I agree with you, Tori. Why does he come out so hot? Because of his ego. This yeah. guy, whoever, whoever's driving this car is not doing what I'm telling him to do. And it's pissing me off. And, yeah. and I'm mad. Yeah, that, and that, that power don't... tripping, that power then, tripping yeah. thing. And then he says, hey, man, chill and let this go. Then no charges would be filed. That's yeah, what, what they tell him at the end. Yeah, what Chill, just wow. chill. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you know what this reminds me of is, is did you, well, you well, what, what do you think what charges could be filed? What failure to pull over? That's no, not a law, right? You pulled over. Uh, resisting arrest. We know that one. Arrest, obstruction, delaying. That's what the California statute says. Obstruct, delay, resist, you know, oh. um, that kind of stuff. So, you know, you can obstruct it. You can delay it. You know, you can delay it without resisting. You can just not cooperate. You know, there could be as passive resistance and things like that. But, um, uh, they can find they can find stuff you know it, <laughs> well, no, i know they can find stuff but it, i'm thinking it, actually you know legitimately yeah, legitimate yeah you know, there's and, nothing and there so, legitimately and so for our department it's it's a red flag when you bring somebody in for uh what we call 148 pc or obstructing delaying resisting it's a red flag when you bring that person in and that's the only charge that you have mm. you know, well and see yeah have. and and that's what I learned also with it, you know, during that uh, Chauvin trial was it doesn't matter whether you, whether the infraction was a tailgate all the way to you seeing a murder taking place in front of your face. Police can detain you and use force regardless of what they're stopping you for. As long as there's a crime that you know, that's happened in a crime could be, like I said, an infraction all the way to a serious crime. Well, if they are stopping you and they have to use and you're resisting, they one up one, you know, and it's that constant, which which is to me is like, this is where I think I struggle with is and, you know, like what you're saying, Tori, is like, why are you coming out all guns a blazing? If we have officers that that's the first place that they go is the guns a blazing, 
then nobody really, the community is not safe. Like I, we need people that are, you know, calm, looking at all, you know, like you said, hands out in a well-lit place, good, you know, not not the the egos and, and and so and so Sylvia, what happens is when I stop you for an infraction and then I'm trying to give you some commands and orders, this is why this 148 or this obstructing, delaying, and resisting arrest becomes such a big deal. It's because I'm not using force on you before the infraction. I'm using force on you now because of the obstruction mm -hmm. or delaying or resisting. But at the same time, that now becomes the primary and only charge, which, yeah. you know, which is a problem. And the problem that I have is that when you, when you go and you do, you look at statistics, you look at audits, you know, we did a, we did an audit, Sheriff Department did an audit um, a few years back about what we call 148 arrest or obstruction arrest. And why is the number so extremely high in the black and Latino mm. communities? Where mm. I'm sorry, are you gonna tell me that white mm. people don't argue with the police when they get pulled over? Mm. Are you gonna tell me that affluent people in, in, in affluent neighborhoods that are lawyers and judges and, and know the mayors, and are you gonna tell me that- All the Karens and Kyles? Huh? All the Karens and Kyles out there. Exactly. Are you going to tell me that they don't argue with you uh, and and delay? Well, that that uh, video that came out the last week, uh, this last week, uh, with the dude that uh, got in some sort of you know scuffle about not wearing a mask, and you know then the police were called to destroy it. He fucking hits the police officer with a hammer, using his truck to get out. The cops hanging on the truck as he's speeding away. Mm, yeah. And no, uh, gun, and no officer had their guns no, out. One gun was pulled. Not one gun was pulled. And, and I'm not saying that they should have shot he him was killed dragging, him, right? Like, yeah, but he but was dragging an In officer. terms of level of risk of harm to the officer, like, that dude... That would have been justified. That dude was totally trying to probably kill yeah. that officer. Right. You know? That would have been really? justified right there. Yeah. Not even a taser came out. Well, yeah. you know, justify, like you said, what we'd like to see is everybody treated equally. Right. What would you have done if that was a black man? Oh, and that's, and I hate to say it, we already know. That's the question that you have to ask. Yeah. You know, and and you and you go to the guy, and I don't know where this was, but I saw the video. The guy on the side of the road that has a gun in his car. I want to say it was Texas or Arizona, and the police are telling him, "Don't reach." He tells the police, "If you sick that dog on me, I'm going to shoot you." Oh he my God! I didn't see that. that one. And then the the <laughs> officer is, hey sir, hey hey, can you just please, hey, we could talk this out. Hey, let's do this. Hey, let's do that. And the guy's telling you, you guys are pointing your guns at me. You put your gun away. And he refuses, and he puts his hand down. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, we we know I, what happened because like his name think, is Philandro Castro. Well, I would like to think I would like to think that those two troopers or deputies or whoever they are. Would have handled the situation the same no matter who was in that car right but i think what we see in today's society that mm -hmm. nobody's going to believe that yeah. nobody's going to believe that because what we see is a a a drastic difference in the way minorities are treated and handled mm -hmm. in the way that you know uh whites are treated yeah yeah like mm -hmm. you said statistic the statistics are there you yeah. know and it's all on video now. Yeah, yeah. So it's all on video now. So, so we, we, we have what we call in, uh, in California these state of mind shootings where I feared 
that this mm -hmm. person may have had a weapon. I feared that this person, you know, was going to uh, cause me serious bodily injury or, or death. I yeah. feared this, but here you have it a man that you plainly, clearly see a gun in his car. He actually tells you he will shoot and you. And then threatens to and shoot right. you. And then, just, and then just drives away. What? what the fuck? Yeah. Oh yeah, he just drives away. He says, I'm leaving now. Closes the door, like I'm leaving. And they're like, sir, don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't do it. And I, don't, and I, and I, I wanna say in the video, it doesn't even look like the officers are running to get in their car and go in pursuit. It's almost kind of like they're sitting there looking like, whoa, what do we do? Like, like oh, whoa, we he just here? left. Oh, he, my. he really left. He yeah. really left us. He said he was leaving. I didn't think he was going to leave. Did you think he was going to leave? Yeah, I really left. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you got to pull my. that one up, Tori, and watch it. Though. I'm going to. I'm shocked we haven't seen that one. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, it's been a busy couple uh, weeks here. So, right. Um, speaking of, uh, what do you think about the taser? block situation oh yeah yeah well, i mean i'm not telling you know i know like you always say i, I wasn't in I, that, I'm not I in did that position yeah. and i'm just you know i've seen a number of it already tiktok videos of this is a taser this is your service weapon dominant this is your dominant hand this is you know like it's so much oh boy from 700 club pat roberts pat roberts that's the oh, old guy's yeah. name yeah like, even he's saying like we that's because he's that's because he's coming clubs. close to seeing his maker. That's I think why. he is honestly. Like I, I would have never yeah. expected him to. But exactly, he's speaking on it. So yeah, Eric. Yes. Taser or Glock? <laughs> wow. You How know, would you that not right know? There, um, I, I really hate to minimize this, and, right. and and I hope nobody, none of your viewers or anybody thinks that I am minimizing this right. because I'm not. But a 26 year veteran. Um, mistaking her firearm for her taser is and is let's like, just say it was a a bad day. Maybe you're having an emotional, you know, your wife get a left good night's you, or sleep. yeah, something. Here, Maybe something's going on in your life. Here's the deal. Um, again, I go to this: a, a 26 year veteran, yeah, doing that is like is like I, I Tiger Woods. Phil Mickelson, whoever you're, you're Jordan Speed, is like them being in a bunker, you know, in a sand trap. Yeah. And all they got to do is get two shots, you know, out of the sand, onto the green in one putt, and they win a major open, and they walk into the sand trap with their driver <laughs> rather than a sand wedge. And not only yeah. do they walk into the sand trap with their driver, they actually take the swing yeah. with the driver. They, at some point, they don't yeah. recognize that you're a professional that should not, it, I don't believe that she did it on purpose. I don't believe that she was so, so keyed in that she's going to say, hey, you know what? Here, I'm going to shoot this guy, but I'm yeah. going to make it look like I thought it was my taser. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to yell taser, 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 and I'm yeah. only going to shoot once and I'm going to say, oh crap. You know, I don't yeah. believe that. I, I believe absolutely that it was a mistake, but is it a mistake you cannot make? Yeah. That you can't afford to make. Yeah. No, you, you, that is a mistake that is just inexcusable. Yeah. You know, that's like a pilot flying a plane and needs to go over the mountain and he accidentally pushes the joystick down to go into the mountain. Right. You just, you don't do that. Yeah. I mean, a NASCAR driver driving, you know, left-hand turns all the way and he gets into a left-hand turn and turns right. You just, yeah. it just, it just shouldn't happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just, it just shouldn't happen. Do you believe that then accountability, like 
that yes, because I, I believe they were charging her. They did charge her. Yeah, she got. Yeah, yeah they are. You know, uh, but they is, waited. You know, they waited. Well, you know, one thing I could tell you, um, she seemed. I mean, I think she resigned. She yeah, was, like right after yeah, she I mean, resigned, be, this, before she, she was charged, she resigned. She went down and she got booked. I mean, absolutely, they, they're going to charge her. It, it, it's like if you were to charge a a doctor for some kind of negligence because you know they use they they overprescribe. I mean, it's. I yes. Do you it feel? I, would you feel it, for her? Like, do you feel for her? Like, ugh. Or I are you like feel for her because I think that I, I don't think it was her intention at all to take a life. Yeah. You know, had mm -hmm. she missed him, had she not hit him, had she hit him in the arm, this woman is going to live for the rest of her life knowing that she killed a man accident. Yeah. I do believe yeah. it was an accident, but again, it's an accident that you cannot. You just make. cannot afford. You, yeah. you yeah. cannot make it, and it becomes an issue of of negligence and it becomes an issue of, you know, um, it, it becomes a criminal issue, it really does. Yeah. So them charging her with this, yes, absolutely, but I feel for her. I don't think that that's what she meant to do. Who knows why she did it, how it happened, you know, but I could tell you what, um, just by the little bit that I've seen, she reacted like a human being would, not True. like Derek, Derek yeah. Chauvin that True just that. Yeah, there. yeah. And, and, you know, had no remorse, no care in the world about what he was doing, even at the moment. Yeah. 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 Immediately in her voice, she's like, oh, shit. I, you know, like, like you him. could hear a realization of like, oh, shit. Not like, a, yeah. oh, shit. I shot him and I got caught. It was, oh, shit. That right. fuck. Right. You know, yeah. Like, I think I think this yeah. poor woman is going to uh, live with this for a long time. I hope that she is strong enough to to deal with this and go through whatever. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that people commit suicide over. Sure, you know? um, yeah. Because, because her whole life is changed in Done. a moment. But yeah. again, she took a life. That's right. true. So that whole family's That's life true. is changed right. in a moment. Yeah. You know, and yeah. there's, there's just, there's there's no reckoning that. There's no right. there's there's no way to, to, to fix it. It's done. You know? And I think it goes back for me to this, like, you know, and, and, the, and the way that happened they were they were trying to take him in for the warrant that he had mm -hmm. right. um but it's, again it's just like and then why he's... you gotta come in so hot like it right like talk to the person hey dude you got a warrant i don't know if you knew this you know like again rapport building around but i think yeah. they were doing that and i think they did until he found out he had a warrant yeah, and I think they were doing that. And, you know, and typically a person that has a warrant, they typically know they have a warrant because they've been summoned. They were supposed to go to court. They didn't show I up. I think it was like a traffic infraction. Yeah, went to the the the, uh, the uh, summons went to the wrong address, so he never got it. Okay. So yeah, he did it so. actually. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's that's one of those those things where I would love to be able to tell a young man like that, "Hey, man, just put your hands behind your back and and live." Right you know, and live, you know, but, um, you know, again, there's, there's, there's nothing we could do either way. There's nothing anybody could do to reverse that and take it back. And, you know, it, it's just unfortunate, but it, again, it's going to have to get to a point where, um, and this is something that I, I really believe in that we're going to have to just stop with the escalation. You know, yeah. you mentioned the force and using force to overcome force. At some point, you know, we've been taught for decades upon decades and probably centuries that, you know, you do not have the 
duty as a police officer to retreat. We've been taught, get the bad guy or whoever this person is that we think we, you know, get the criminal. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, it just seems like some of these people aren't really criminals. It's just such minor infractions and things that, hey, we know who this person is. You know, so for California, when you get into a, uh, for the sheriff's department, when you get into a vehicle pursuit, you have to um, weigh the dangers of the pursuit versus the need to capture this person. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the yeah. layman's terms. So if we have the person identified, if we know who they are, um, and their behavior prior to the pursuit was not of such a danger to society and such a reckless nature, or um, in other words, so when a person starts driving recklessly because you're chasing them, mm -hmm. we're supposed to back off and stop yeah. chasing them because yeah. we're the one pushing them right. to drive that way. Now, yeah. if you think this person, if this person has demonstrated that you know, they just carjacked two people. They just shot three people and they're going to go car. When this car runs out of gas, they're going to, you know, no, you chase mm -hmm. them and you keep going. Right. You know, um, it, you know, it's just one of those things where we're going to have to get to the point where we just say, hey, OK, look, I'm going to take you to jail. You're not going to go. And, you know, and, I, and I'll be right. honest with you, police do not want to hear that. Police do not want to hear that where it's going to be a thing where it's like, hey, OK, I know who you are. Um, I know where to find you. Um, we'll, we'll catch you another time. Now, do you think that's because they're just not like, again, we get back to community policing. If you know your, your neighborhood, you know, the folks that, you know, you can assess people, maybe the more of the rapport building would have already been there. Um, or, you know, or is it just, we do policing as is just, Hey, it's your shift. You're going into this bad neighborhood. And, you know, and again, they always, you know, the, the bad neighborhoods quote unquote are always of color. You know, those are the bad neighborhoods. Um, you know, that people think they have to always be on in order for them to survive. Like, you know, like they're coming into the jungle, I guess. <laughs> That's how I always felt when I was in my neighborhood. Like everybody was like, oh, you live in that area? I'm like, yeah, what? So what? I mean, I can walk down the liquor store or up to the park. I ain't got no problems. Nobody's, you know, I I, I know my neighbors. So the residents in, the, in themselves don't feel like they're in danger. They know who the, you know, who the awful folks are that seem to, you know, continue to hang around in the community. But the, by you know, just by the most part, they, you know, they just live in their neighborhoods and, you know, go about their day like everybody else. But I think that there's this stereotype of, you know, oh, you're going into, you work in that area, you go to that school. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I think, I think it's, um, how do I, how do I put this? The, the, I, I can go back to, you know, many, many years ago and watching some of the uh, um, senior guys, you know, a uh, particular guy who I considered one of my mentors that was uh, a gang expert. And, and he just had a way with people. He knew everybody. Yeah. And this particular guy 
would tell you in a heartbeat, don't worry about it. And I'm talking about, we're talking about criminals. We're not talking about yeah. a traffic violation. Yeah. I'm talking about people with guns, robberies, murders, shootings, whatever it is. And I would see this guy say, don't worry about it. I know his mom. I'm going to call her. She'll bring him down to the station. And if it didn't happen, yeah, not 100%, yeah. but if it didn't happen where he couldn't call somebody and say, hey, tell me where he is. And sometimes he would say, let me come get him or bring him down here because you know if, you know, the, yeah. you know, if you know if the line guys, if the street guys go out there, something could go bad. Right. And I have seen people bring hardcore criminals into the station. I've seen hardcore criminals come into the station and turn themselves in because of the respect that they had for certain police officers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And and it can happen, you know. But it's it's one of those things where that same that same guy, yeah, would get accused of uh, fraternizing, fraternizing, fraternization. Yeah, fraternization. So yeah. when I work when I used to work Compton. Um, I worked gangs. And again, we did a lot of, we knew a lot of people in the community. And, and I remember coming over to the sheriff's park. Uh-oh, he uh -oh, froze. He froze. Okay, he so froze. as he's talking about fraternizing, I'm like, how, how come it wasn't that anybody was talking about Epstein fraternizing with, you know, with uh when he was donating cash all oh, right yeah no that's what i was when when he brought that up i would i had that same thought it's like it's fraternizing when it's a brown or black body but right. if it's a white body it's it's it's, it's uh in collecting it's networking intel. it's networking because isn't that what they did with the using, uh, using social, with the proud social boys? capital yeah. yeah they were yeah. doing that with the proud boys hey yeah. you know, we have to we have to do this in order to you know right. intel exactly. or, or have some rapport yeah yeah, that yeah, that no, I was thinking that when he said that I was like, Oh yeah, it's fraternization when it's a uh depending on the uh melanin in the in your skin. Right. You know, the what what did uh Damon say last week or the week um, before the last complexion the complexion for the protection? So yeah, yeah <laughs> your complexion is your protection when it yeah. comes to um strategic use of self in policing or any any industry for that matter right like yeah. in any industry it's yeah it's it's dependent on your your complexion as to whether you're going if it's going to be as whether you're going or home networking. or not yeah we were yeah. talking about your um fraternization comment and how um it's fraternization when it's a brown or black body it's networking when it's white bodies doing oh, it, yeah, right? Absolutely. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you guys were hearing me, but I, again, I, you know, I work comp and PD and again, it was, you know, um, very in tune with the community, knew the community, uh, knew a lot of people there, had worked gangs, had done investigations. And um, we get absorbed over into the sheriff's department and still had a lot of contacts in the city. And I remember there was a shooting, a murder. And one of my people that if you want to call him an informant, called me and said, hey, I have some information on this murder. If you want to know something, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, tell me what it is. And so I reached out to the homicide investigator, uh, tracked him down, said, hey, who's handling this? Who's handling that? And they got him. And I told him, I said, hey, um, I got some information for you. Um, you want to handle it? Do you want me to get information real quick? Well, how do you know this person? Well, they're an informant. Well, what do you know them for? They're an informant. <laughs> And they started grilling me 
Oh, like you've done something wrong. On my relationship with this person, I said, I'll tell you what, obviously you're not interested in solving this murder. You seem like you want to figure out who I am and what my connection is. I'll tell you what, when you get interested in actually solving a crime, uh, you can call me back. Here's my name. And I hung up on him. Nice. You know, you know, and again, you know, you're looking at it like you don't have those connections. Right. You have not been able to make them. Here, right. I'm trying to give you information to solve one of your cases, and you want to start grilling yeah. me about who I am and yeah. how do I know this person. Right. Yeah. All you have to do is take the information right. and see if it corroborates with the evidence. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Go with that. <laughs> and if it corroborates with the evidence, maybe right. you have a good informant that can give you more information and you can cultivate it. Right. Yeah. But you didn't want that. You want to know who so, I am. So um, speaking of fraternization, um, I want to get your take on the data leak that exposed um, all the support of uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Did you, you hear about that? Oh, yeah. Happened last week. Didn't yeah. I send you that, Sylvia? Did I text you that? Uh, uh, was that about that they had a sheriff guy? That yeah. Also yeah. Saying he did not. You did nothing wrong. We're, you know, behind you. And donated um, funds. Sar- he's a sergeant. Sergeant, sergeant William Kelly of the North of Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah. yeah, he donated to the uh the uh well what's equivalent to the GoFundMe, but it's a different platform mm-hmm. because GoFundMe I don't think would allow it on their platform. It's some uh it's some religious platform called Give Sin Go. Um yeah, God bless. Thank you for your courage. Keep your head up, you've done nothing wrong, and gave uh hundred dollars to the to the fund to the fund yeah Yeah. you know what is that there's there's just certain things you know when you take a certain when you take a certain position you know you you accept a a career in a certain place there's just certain things you don't do Mm -hmm. you know and and you don't donate to somebody's fund like and you're in law enforcement yeah you know you you have to be smart enough to abstain from stuff like that instead you can believe what you want to believe you can support what you want to support. It is a free country, and that's what this country is all about. And I guess some people would argue, well, I can donate to who I want to donate to. Well, yes, yeah. you can. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There are going to be consequences. Right. You know, um, I'm sorry. The fifth grade, you know, uh, elementary school teacher can't be, you know, at the strip club and and, and it come out and be public. You know, yeah. it's just. Well, it's, if they pay her more. Well, I mean, we have to be on the poll, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. Sex work is work. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is you chose to be now. You you chose. You to, could have been tutoring. Yeah, exactly. You chose. Yeah, to, you know how much you tutoring chose. pays? You guys get out of here. Poll pays a lot better. Hey, well, then, hey, then go do that full time. I, you know, I, I guess what I'm just saying is you just, you know, there's just certain things that don't Optics. go hand in hand with each other. You know, yeah. well, and I think it goes back to the whole like you're saying, everything is being recorded, you numb nuts. Like, right, yeah, this gets recorded. You can uh, donate anonymously to any type of funding thing, right? Like, again, what you're saying, like, if you believe what you believe and you can donate what you want, like, not that I agree with him even donating, but at the end of the day, he could have hit anonymous. And it would have and not said a damn thing. Not said a damn thing but about think, it, but he's showing think, his he probably wanted people to know. Well, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. So what are the consequences? Is that did that article come out with any consequences? Um I, I, well, I don't I 
I don't know if he's been reassigned or what's happened with him. Um, there were quite a few. Um, there was Officers? one given under the name G G G B. He was fired. Officer. So it says a high-ranking Norfolk police officer who was found donating to the defense fund of Kyle Rittenhouse has been fired from the police department. Okay. Can he get yeah. his hundred dollars back? Because his lights are going to go out. <laughs> There was 32 donations, totaling more than 5,000 that came from uh, private email just associated with Kenosha officers. Um, wow. So there's multiple. It wasn't yeah. just that guy. Like there was yeah. multiple four Houston police officers. Um, Let me ask you donated. this. Do you yeah. know if Rittenhouse, is he in custody? No. No, he's, he's in an undisclosed little area. Okay, he, so, but he has, he does have criminal charges pending against him, right? Yes, yes. he's so on in California. Uh, in California, yeah. at least for our for for my department, the sheriff's department, you know, the policy says prohibited association is you associating with anybody that is under criminal investigation or criminal charges. Don't quote me. There's about mm -hmm. five or six bullet points, mm -hmm. um, and I could easily look it up. But you know, somebody that's in custody, that's recently been released from custody, that has a nefarious, notorious reputation within the community as being a criminal uh, under criminal investigation, and they will fire you for that. What about if it's family member? Well, and, and the, the way the policy reads, and again, not verbatim, is that um, if it's a family member, you need to notify your unit commander and it is presumed that those in your immediate family, the relationship will be allowed. You know what I mean? In other words, right. yeah. yeah. So you, yeah. Can, you can have those relationships as long as you notify the department and yeah, that there's nothing shady going on and, and get approval and you know, so if I say, hey, it's my next door neighbor, you know, and he's really a good friend of mine, they may say, uh, yeah, no, you just need to leave that dude alone. But if I tell you it's my dad, my uncle, my, my son, you know, my grandfather, then it's presumed that the authorization will be given. Right. Yeah. You know, um, but it's just the, there's just the right way to do it. So, you know, this seems uh, like a like a very strong case of prohibited association. I mean, this guy is under criminal charge for murder. And you guys are donating, you know, yeah. to, to his yeah. fund. I mean, now, and that brings up to the other point because I was reading this uh, article about the Oath Keepers dude. He was like, "Oh yeah, we got lots of um, uh, active duty police officers, you know, in the Oath Keepers." Almost like basically saying, at any time you don't know when the gun is going to be turned on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you know how in those movies where it's like double agents, they're all pointing guns at each other now. Like, you know, that 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 he, basically that the, there's these oath keepers that are in the uh, police department that, yeah, I see that. You, you don't know. You don't know when the word comes down if you're going to have the gun pointed at you and you thinking he was your partner. I mean, that's a concern. That is right? a big concern. It's a fucking and I'm concern. Like, what what fbi come on people start doing your job let's start <laughs> weeding these folks out because they have one of the highest positions where you can kill a man and thank god chauvin but that was on video where you can kill a man and nobody really blinking twice because right. he was resisting arrest right well not to mention the 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 non-lethal things you did you, that abuse of power can do yeah. right yeah um yeah it's just i mean that it's just it, there's just no place for it there's just no place for it none there's no place, no place at all Ugh. Ugh.
Well, <sighs> well, we're ready to go to, yeah, we we have these, you know, uh, at some point, it's like I was telling Tori, at some point, we just, we just have to somehow, uh, it, you know, how are we going to move forward? That's, you know, with all of these things happening, like people, like you, like you said, Eric is like, stupids, everything's recorded. Why? Everything is recorded, people. You know, it, it, it's going to come with a change in leadership and a change in hiring. And, you know, it, 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 here's the thing. There's a saying, you know, and the saying is, what do deputies do? They do what they're allowed to do. You know, so if, if that's the saying for, for my department, and, and I'm sorry, um, you know, it, I have seen it where, and I think we talked about this, where, where supervisors write it right. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. no matter what it is, no matter what happens, mm -hmm. they figure out a way to write it, W-R-I-T-E, mm -hmm. right, R-I-G-H-T, so that they can justify the behavior. And that's right. the absolute wrong thing to do. You know, again, I've had supervisors beneath me say, when they submit something to me and I go, what the hell is this? And how did you come up with this result? And their first response to me is, well, I, I thought our job as supervisors is to support the deputies. Oh, well, yes, you support them by teaching them how to do it right. You support them by giving them the resources and the tools to accomplish the job correctly, safely, and the right way. You support them by keeping them out of trouble. You don't support them by reinforcing bad behavior. You don't support them by reinforcing negative behavior. And if you think for one minute that the answer is to write it right and then pull the deputy aside and say, hey, you know, I took care of you on this one. Hey, but Ugh. you really think about, don't let this happen again. Don't do it again. If you think that the average person is going to say, ooh, okay, wow, yeah, I'm never going to do that again. Or are they going to get in their mind that, hey, you know, supervisor so-and-so, he's got our back. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. So, it, but, but again, I go to this, that supervisor did not come up with that idea by himself. Right. That supervisor, it was passed on to him yes. by this supervisor. And that yes. supervisor was passed on to him by, it has been a generational decade long thing of this is how we do things. And it's wrong, you know, and it's wrong. And all it does is it continues um, to develop a, a, a precedence, a, a culture, a practice, whatever you want to call it, of doing things wrong and making it right. Ugh. And yeah. making it white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, right. You said white, but yeah, yeah. You know, but it, it's true. It's true. It, it's, it's that thing like we were talking about before is the historical racism that is in incessant in that, right. It's, mm -hmm. it's the generations of generations of we're just going to make it okay because we can. And yeah. so you know, I think about today and about how we all set with this hope that the verdict would be guilty, but not actually knowing, you know, like I know that nothing's it just we were more anticipating like this could go to not guilty. Right. Like, you and know, that's I, a testament was, to what our system is, you know, the fact that we're feet we were even feeling that today. Right. I was yeah. fairly confident in the system after watching what I had seen, you know, seeing what I had seen as far mm -hmm. as the the process but you're right uh i mean still in the back of your mind 
Right. It's that it's that little thing back there that's like there might you know. be one person and right? you know, just yeah. Yeah. And so that's a testament to the you know historical oppression and what it does of the the lack of faith in within the system and mm. um absolutely and, and it's just you know again it doesn't bring him back and it also doesn't end here right there's we, there's still work to be done a and my fear work. is um my fear is that a lot of people will take this as you know like you know oh we had a black president racism doesn't exist see we convicted Derek chauvin racism doesn't exist you know kind of thing like we see we checked that box because it's right. a very checkbox mentality right well so. I, I certainly hope that that's not the case i i you know i do not want to see um i do not want to see how do i say this i don't want to see this big this big push now to all of a sudden just start putting police officers in jail um but i what i but i think that that goes along with having police officers do the right thing um, in any human contact, there is room for error, there's room for mistake. In any profession, you know, there needs to be after. Uh oh, he oh, froze again. He froze again. Frozen, bad connection. Um, yeah, so on that point, I, I, I guess I would say to him about not every. I want people put in jail that need to be put in jail. <laughs> right. Right. You know, regardless well, of who they are. Right. Well, you know, and here, here, and this is a drop. This is a drop in a very large bucket of water right. of the, accountability, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, and I was saying that, you know, there needs to be. Uh -oh. You froze up again. He He jumped. He yeah. got dipped again. I don't he know what's happening bad, over there. He must there. have a bad connection down there. Solar flares. Yeah. So, wildfires. No. So, <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so, oh, what I was going to say was. Which there you comes, are. What's okay. going on in California? Oh, man. <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, crazy part about it is we supposedly upgraded to the highest inter internet thing, but it's. Oh, oh my gosh. But, uh, I'm sure the internet's that. pretty taxed right now, though. I yeah, imagine there's a lot. Yeah, especially everybody. You especially, know, yeah, especially down there. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's, like there's a lot there's a lot of in, uh, people in that bandwidth right now exactly. <laughs> so hey. i i got i got a article that i want to bring because uh -oh. as we move towards you know justice and everything else um so this comes from cnn judge resigns after admitting to using n-word and saying all lives matter while at work this is a colorado district judge natalie chase has resigned after she admitted using a racial slur in front of court employees, voiced her opinion on racial issues from the bench, and asked employees to do personal tasks for her during work hours. The Colorado Supreme Court issued an order Friday in which they publicly censured Chase and accepted her resignation. According to the order, it stemmed from accounts from multiple court employees cited in the order, given as part of the investigation, uh, Chase admitted to using the N-word a number of times in early 2020, according to the order. While driving to Pueblo, Colorado with two court employees, one of whom is Black, she asked the court employee questions about why Black people can use the N-word but not white people. 
and whether it was different if the N word is said with the ER or an A at the end of the word. Um, the order said during the conversation, Judge Chase used the full N word a number of times. This wasn't the only time Chase made offensive comments in front of court employees. Several days after George Floyd was killed, two black court, court employees were talking about the protests that followed. One of them asked the other if they had seen the George Floyd protest. The order says, Judge Chase then, while wearing her robe and sitting on the bench, told the employees some of her opinions regarding racial justice issues. Judge Chase asked one employee some questions about the Black Lives Matter movement. When one of the employees attempted to explain Black Lives Matter, the order says, Chase stated that she believes all lives matter but went on to say that the conduct of the police officers in the George Floyd matter should be investigated. And so it goes on and on about, you know, all of these things that she was saying and, yeah. you know, and then, you know, using the uh, court employees, county employees for right. her own personal stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think that's kind of a, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Sylvia, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. You know, what are your thoughts? I, my thought is this, I mean, when you put it all together, it, it adds up to something that looks like it's, it, it needs to be, it, it needed to be addressed and she needed to be censored. You know, when you ask me, and my thought may be a little different than, than the majority's, and I understand that, that's usually the case. Her having a conversation in the car with her colleagues, although they're, they're subordinate to her in terms of the court, um, I personally, that by itself, would appreciate that conversation. Yeah. I would appreciate you asking that conversation because that's an opportunity for me to educate you. That's an opportunity for us to have a conversation. And maybe she just felt comfortable enough with her employee to say, look, I wouldn't ask this of somebody in a restaurant or in an elevator, but I want to ask this of you because I really want to know. And that kind of gets to that training that, you know, we were talking about Cece doing about the great debate. Yeah. How do you have that great debate without having a conversation about it? Yeah, you know? right. But, but now you start adding to it, you know, now I'm having people do my personal chores, mm -hmm. probably outside their duties. You start adding to it her own personal opinion about yeah. things when she's on, uh, you know, when she's in yeah. her role. All lives matter. All lives yeah. matter. You know, and somebody made up, it, it wasn't me, I can't take credit for it, but they brought up a very good point. You know, if, if, you got 10 homes in a cul-de-sac and one of them's on fire. You know, uh, you address the one that's on fire. You don't say, well, all the homes matter. Yeah. You, right? you go right. and you, you, you put out yeah. the fire that's happening right at that moment. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was very profound because in all honesty, yes, all lives matter. Sure, every, you, you could put any race, any profession, anything in front of lives matter. And you're absolutely right. Right. But right now, in society, in today's history, and what's been going on for, for, for generations and generations is that Black lives have been devalued. Right. Minority lives have meant less. I mean, let's look at what's going on, you know, with the hate crimes against, you know, Asian, uh, Asian yeah. Parents. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right now, that's the house that's on fire. That's one of the right. houses that's on right. fire. Right. You know what I mean? So that's something that needs to be stopped. You know, the yeah. hate crimes and, and, and for what? You know, so to say all lives matter, you just completely throw 
you know, uh, disregard at the issue right. that's happening right now. Right, right. exactly. So, and, and yet she's the one making, she's judging, you know, she's sentencing, she's, she's in a position of power that affects brown and black people's lives. Right. Kind of like that judge. Remember on one of our first podcasts, that judge that was cutting down the Black Lives Matters and he was the family court judge? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. He's the family court judge yeah. making decisions on whether to, to unite families or to right. take, you know, or, right. or to divide them. Right. And um, and he's demonstrating, you know, that uh, he doesn't believe, you know, whatever he was demonstrating. I think he was taking down signs or something. Yeah. Um, Which saying, you know, in, in that all system, all lives matter or white lives matter or something. Yeah. 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 And 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 in that system that he's in is you know another example of a disproportionate taking away of black children from their uh, parents, right? We know that right. there's a disproportional representation of black youth in the system for things that, you know, they wouldn't have been separated from if they were white children, you know, yeah. like this yeah. rush to separate black children from their families, you know, brown children, black children. But um, so being a judge in that arena, like you just, I don't, I mean, I just, you have to take it into consideration. Like, you are sitting literally in judgment of people and you have this belief system that could potentially impact your ability to stay as unbiased as possible. But you know yeah. what, Tori? I would rather for those people to be so arrogant that they feel like it's okay to voice their opinion so we know who they are and we can get rid of them. <laughs> True that. Right. True that. You know what right. I mean? Because, oh, right. because oh, no, real. That's real. Yes. Believe me, yes. there are plenty of them, plenty of yes. them smart enough not to voice right. their opinion, but to use those biases in their decision making. Right. Never yeah. let True know. that. True that. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Each one that, that that is arrogant enough to, to, to demonstrate that, good for them. Right. We weed you out. We get to we identify them and get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, that I agree, I definitely agree because there's a there's a lot of nice racists out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, right. there's a lot yeah. of nice racists out there right. that will, you know, say one thing to your face and performative, you know, in the workplace, and then and do something totally different. You know, when it right, comes right to your back later on. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree. I agree with that. You got it. You got an article, Tori. Um, I did have this one from actually it was when you guys were on before if we got got around to it because I thought it was an interesting it's it's this is up here local. So I just, you know, wanted what what Eric might think about it. Um, so Yamhill County, which is west of Portland metro area. So it's a, one of the smaller counties west of here towards the coast. Um, Yamhill County becomes Second Amendment sanctuary. Going forward, the county will choose which gun measures it wants to enforce. So Yamhill County commissioners recently voted to make the area a second amendment sanctuary, which means going forward, the county will choose which gun measures it wants to enforce. The commissioner introduced the ordinance, explained, this, that, explained it to Dan Haggerty um, this way. What we did is we drew a line and said that we would consider common sense gun regulations up to this point so February of, of February 2021 will be enforced per the sheriff's discretion. So if he's not enforcing some of those already, that's fine. He has the discretion to do so up until this point. But any new regulations going forward are going to be considered on a case-by-case -case basis. Mm -hmm. 
that case by case already tells me what cases we're going to say yes to and what cases we're going to say hell no to. Yeah. Um, if let's see. Uh, and what's the whole thing about a Second Amendment sanctuary? I don't. Well, get that. I think it's a play on like the sanctuary cities I, that. Yeah, uh, but I know, get. Yeah, yeah. I get so that. I, but I think what, I think that's they're using that you know to throw salt at the um those that type of sanctuary city uh you know i'm just rolling my eyes i'm just <laughs> rolling my eyes i you know oh by the way and yam hill county right is a lot of uh latinos in that county right there are there are a lot of uh yes uh, migrant farm workers that are, or farm workers that are permanently living there yeah um i don't know what do you think what do you think, Eric? I think it's a bunch of bullshit, but you know, I, I want to hear what you say. You know, again, I think it goes back to um, the the scary part for me is the case by case basis mm -hmm. because we're seeing we're seeing disparate treatment for you know one set of one group of people and you know a different type of treatment for another group. Yeah. So that is the. Um, yeah, we're seeing oh. Epstein, we're seeing Epstein get away with, you know, solicitation. And then we right. see uh, Bill Cosby for rape. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and both are both to be clear, were yeah. sexual predators. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Epstein, exactly. Very clear. Epstein. Both were sexual predators. Yeah. You know, and, and Epstein, uh, you know, Epstein went to jail, you know, um, yeah, way later uh, than he should yeah, have done. His ass should have been arrested and convicted in in well, Florida. Well, yes, but some people would say the same thing about Bill Cosby. Yeah, no, I I do you say know, the because, same. Yes, one hundred percent. So, so yes. I I think that um, yeah, I I I think that you know that's something that you'd have to sit back and watch. Yeah. Um, you know, you have you have states like Arizona that are open carry states. Mm -hmm. You know, and and people have the right, you know, they, they, they feel like people have the right to bear arms. And as long as it's not concealed, you know, and you walk in Arizona and you see people uh, you go to Arizona, you see people walking around with firearms on their side. And I don't necessarily feel threatened or scared. You know, mm -hmm. I think that the, the people that really, really, really uh, appreciate and approve of gun control are the crooks because it makes them safer. <laughs> yeah. They're the only ones carrying the guns. You know, because they are not abiding by the laws, you know, and so I really don't know how I feel about that, you know, because I, I do think that um, I don't believe that firearms are the evil. It's the hands that they're in mm -hmm. and it's what people do with them. Well, and I would probably say that, um, you know, historically what we see is when it's brown, when they're in the hands of brown and and uh, black folks, there's a problem with guns. I right? agree with that, yes. But when they're in the hands of white folks, it's okay. I mean, because up here we've seen them, you know, having them out going to, and I say intimidation tactics, um, you know, to the, over here, you know, down in Salem, the legislature's big old palace that they have out there, but, you know, going to those places is protesting, whatever. And yet, you know, when we go back to the Black Panthers, when they did that in California, they were legal to be able to carry that. New laws came out. 
But over here, we ain't seen no new laws coming out. Nobody's in a rush to say, hey, we can't have these people storming up in our, you know, in our workplace with guns well, trying to intimidate. Contributing to the legal fund, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and none of that is, uh, doesn't seem like it is of urgency to these folks. It just seems like, eh, my dad came with his gun today and, uh, you know, mm, you know, I just, right. it just, it just astounds me. It continues to astound me. I, 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 mean, I think why. the thing that bothers me too, is that they've been this, this faction of uh, gun again i i'm i'm all for people to own guns legally yeah. like i mean me too but there's this faction of this group that that really is continuing to spin this myth of they're going to take your guns and no nobody's gun has been taken right nobody's nobody's lost their guns nobody's lost their guns right no, i i think with and think with, so know, it's that continue fear 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 they're going to take them they're going to take them they're going to take and so now this county has gone to the level of that i think that fear mongering of well they're not going to take us our guns from yamhill county i don't care what governor brown says you know yeah. um, now that might be something to let listeners know eric is the difference between a police officer and a sheriff like a police chief and a sheriff so a police chief um is the head of a municipal agency uh meaning a city and they're typically appointed or hired by the city council, the city manager, um, through through a hiring process like anything else, an interview, testing, you know, so to say. Um, a sheriff is an elected official. Uh, a sheriff is elected by the people. Uh, they serve, at least, you know, for us, they serve a four-year term. And who oversees the sheriff? Um, technically, nobody. So, so the sheriff can say and do pretty well, much like, you know well, whatever right the people oversee the sheriff i mean he's an elected official so technically he could be recalled he could be impeached um he could be voted out but if they like what he's doing and he's not following the constitution they they keep electing him you know and they keep electing him because now that's what we it, saw with joe arpaio yeah in arizona yes they like he, he was doing racial profiling him. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you do that, you, you, you continue to elect them and they, they get a little bit more bold and a little bit more bold and, you know, maybe a little bit more arrogant and they think that they have the support of the people. Um, but he actually got into some trouble, mm -hmm. you know, um, there are laws. I mean, yeah, and didn't his homeboy Trump pardon him? So, yeah. You know, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but you know, um, yeah, you know, you do have certain laws and state laws and they can try to put things on you by not, you know, giving you funding, um, like the Board of Supervisors, you know, if, hey, if the sheriff's not doing what they need him to do, if he's not, hey, they, they'll take away his funding. They do things like that. Um, I haven't seen it so egregious where a governor comes and steps in and I don't know what grounds they would have to do that. But I think by the time you get to that, it's probably some criminal behavior you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. you know, something else, uh, there, there's some other steps that, that come in. Uh, but basically but, they get to do whatever they really want. You know, yes, yes and no. I mean, within the law, you know, but the they law. are the law, right? 
they are the law, but they as still long, have to- As long as they write it right, right? Well, let's look at it like <laughs> this. Let's look at what happened in LA County with, you know, yeah. uh, Leroy Baca and that regime. You know, um, in, in a nutshell, the short version of it is, is he went up against the federal government and FBI and he lost, mm -hmm. you know. And how long uh, did that take though, his regime? You know what I'm saying? Like you can bring havoc to a community and do things where people's lives are damaged. Right. And then you're, you know, going against the federal gov and blah, blah, blah. Well, for example, so the 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 thing that started the whole de demise of Lee Baca, it started in 2011, um, uh, late, like August, 2011. And that is when uh, they, they, you know, deputies found a cell phone in an inmate's possession. Um, it was determined that the cell phone belonged to the, it was given to the inmate by the FBI. Mm -hmm. And there, this started a long process of Lee Baca basically saying, you're not going to come in my jail and my, in my uh, department and conduct an investigation under my, you know, nose and not tell me about it. So there became this cat and mouse hide and seek uh, between the sheriff's department and the FBI. And quite honestly, the sheriff's department lost. You know, um, several people went to prison um, doing what they were told to do following, you know, orders. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until 2014 until Baca was actually removed from office. So you got to figure August of 2011 is when it absolutely started, or, you know, August like 11th or 12th. When, uh, when, it, was like when it was discovered. When it was discovered. And then I believe, of... I believe he was put out of office in like February or March is when he finally stepped down of 2014. So you're looking at 2012, 20, you're looking at three years mm -hmm. um, that all of this was going on and unfolding, um, you know, based on, so, you know, yeah, it, it can take some time, you know, and actually 2014 was an election year. Mm -hmm. So had he not been removed, had he not been, he probably could have still ran for reelection and maybe would have and even won, who knows? you know, it all depends, but um, yeah, so it, it's, 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 it's like dealing with any kind of politician, to be honest with you, you know, um, and I That's hate what I was going to say is at the I, end of the day, it's politics, right? It's if politics. And I hate to say that you're because elected, and you're elected official for that position, which is a enforcement position, you, right. you're going to be playing politics, right? Like, you, you know, know that going into it, you know, you know, Tori, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say as true as that probably is, I, you know, I think I told you guys, Sylvia, I'm running. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm running. You heard it here, people. I that, mean, I, I think it's good. I think it's good that you're running. Yeah. I think there's that piece of, you know, like, I don't know if you've, I'm, I'm slowly reading Obama's book. Like, mm -hmm. it's like a fucking, I mean, you could use it for weightlifting. It's so big. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so, I mean, you know, in the beginning where he talks about his journey to run for president, mm -hmm. he had to have that discussion, especially with Michelle, because apparently Michelle wasn't down with it. Like no. she, was, she was not down with it. Mm. And they had to have that discussion about at the end of the day, there's some politicking that will go on in this. Right. Yeah. And he talks about that, what that was like and how, you know, he worked, he, he saw it happen and he tried to do it in the, 
best way, I guess you would way. say. Like, yeah, as, as with as much integrity as possible. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're running and you're going to be confronted with that, right? You're yeah. going to be confronted with that political yeah, push-pull that, that's going yeah. to happen, a right? Absolutely. And, you know, my, my promise to myself and, you know, to my family is to do the right thing and not the political thing. Yeah. You know, um, I, I just, you know, I've had, I ha I've had a couple meetings with potential supporters and they, you know, they ask me, hey, who are you? You know, and the first thing I tell them is I'm not a politician. I'm not into the politics. I'm into it for the, for the community and doing the right thing and, and, and making some, some valid changes, you know, and interesting enough is that uh, people ask that question of you and you don't know what the right answer is. You don't know what they want to hear because right, you don't yeah. know if they're going to be asking for favors. You don't know if they're going to want to support you to gain something. And, and inevitably, every time I've made that answer, that's my answer. People have like said, thank you. That's what we're looking yeah. for. So I think Let me ask you one of the first campaign questions for me from what are you bringing to the table? <laughs> Our my campaign question to you, Mr. Strong is well, he's not what officially are you campaigning, right? I'm asking it. Okay. <laughs> I might not get a chance when he's when it's full on, right? We might right. just be forgot about back no, here. No, no, you know, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna get on big time podcasts. <laughs> I'll always come so, back to this one. <laughs> my political campaign question to you is. What do you know about the adverse childhood experiences study, ACEs, and trauma within our society? The, the adverse childhood experience study. They call it ACEs for short. Yeah. Meaning how, how, does, tra how does trauma, childhood trauma affect people, like grownups, like you know, or even children I'll, themselves? I'll tell you this. Um, I don't know anything about that particular study. But um, I do know that a person's experiences helps mold them and create them to who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, and it starts very early on. Um, I can't say that I know about that study, but I know how, you know, my own childhood of experiences have, have, have molded me to be who I am. You know, mm -hmm. I've looked at things like, um, I don't know if you've heard the book by Phil Allen um, called Open Wounds. And, and it talks about his childhood and growing up and the things that he did and how that creates wounds and trauma. Mm -hmm. um, if yeah. you look at the, the documentary, The Work, mm -hmm. um, if you've seen that, you know, you see that um, childhood experiences, childhood trauma has a long lasting effect and impact on people. Mm -hmm. um, so okay. as far as the study, I don't know, but I absolutely believe that, you know, what a person experiences and and, and how they go through it and as well as the support that they get you know mm -hmm. and trying to manage that makes a huge difference mm -hmm. good answer eric strong did i do it right yeah. okay all right you did good you did good <laughs> you put me on the spot there with that well, one but, but, but that I tells you, you I, i'm yeah. getting you ready because that's going to happen you know yeah but we'll, that will be your practicing you, ground that tells you that it. you I'll know that it. right but I'm going to say that tells you that you are speaking from one experience from the heart and understanding, you know, that policing is more than just uh, trying to catch people like policing means, you know, we have to take things into consideration. We have to be, you know, gentle within our communities um, and gentle. I don't mean like, you know, 
singing kumbaya because obviously there are some dangerous people out there that even you know I would want to be having in my neighborhood so but it is you know it is to say that um you know taking those things in consideration uh which is what I think we're sorely missing in a lot of in, in a lot of our police chiefs because again the politicking you have to be, you know, you have the police union, you have these communities, you know, the affluent communities that are doing the, you know, bankrolling a lot of the campaigns. I mean, like you said, people want things. And usually the ones that get screwed over are the black and brown communities. And, uh, you know, and we're at that would, mercy. Would you say that LA count, cause it's LA County, right? Yes. So would you say that, um, because I'll, I'll admit my ignorance in terms of demographic, but would you say it's very um, diverse in, in class? Like there's such a, like a, like a spectrum of class from very, very pro enriched generational wealthy. poverty to the extreme wealthy within LA County. Is that like the makeup? Like skid, from Skid Row all the way out to Kardashians and Kanye. Absolutely. I mean, all the way out to Malibu. Yeah. Uh, $30 million homes. Yeah. Harris compound is right on PCH, you know, and they're very affluent areas, even up in the Pasadena area, La Kenyatta, Flint Ridge. you got Beverly mm -hmm. Hills, Brentwood. Right. Oh, yeah. LA County is comprised of probably some of the most affluent in the country. Hmm down to probably some of the, you know, poor areas. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because when you, when you say lower socioeconomic or poor areas in Los Angeles, California, mm -hmm. it doesn't compare to going to some areas like St. Louis or, or sure. New Orleans or mm -hmm. Detroit or some of these areas where, I mean, just the cost of living, I mean, you yeah. have a house for $5,000. So people yeah. want to think that, you know, even in the poorest neighborhoods here, the, or the lower income neighborhoods here, you're still paying two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars maybe for a piece of property, right? Or a house. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of the distribution of wealth and the separation, right. yeah, you know, you're also paying, you know, thirty million dollars for a house that you might be able to get somewhere else for five or six million dollars on the very high. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it is very. Yeah. So that's a big. I mean, that's a big demographic to Huge. uh to Huge. to campaign yeah. to, right? right. Yeah. yeah. So you got. I mean, whew. got your work cut out for you. I don't envy you, but yeah. you can do it. We well, believe in you. I appreciate that. So so uh, I just want to say this. Um, uh, this this young lady just walked in. Oh. Um, and, and maybe I'll... we can we, maybe we can uh, wrap manager. up and then get some. Uh, get some uh, time on the books with her. Yeah. Maybe I'll ask her. I'll see how tired yeah. she is, how worn out she is. It's, yeah. It's eight o'clock. Let, yeah. Let's wrap it up and then well, let's, we'll, yeah, um, let's wrap it up. Um, is she here? Cece? Oh, oh, she, look, she wasn't even here when I was saying that she had walked back out to the garage. <laughs> so she didn't even hear me. I was saying this young lady just walked in the door. She's actually here. And uh, she's gonna come in here and stick her head in. Oh, there! All right, our, our, our next soon-to-be guest. Hey, this, hey, this is our soon-to-be guest. I'm looking all crazy. I was in my uniform, and that's okay. The listeners can't see you. Yeah, the listeners can't. We'll see tell you. them the, that you look gorgeous. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you for. That. And yeah. I'm so sorry with the dates and did not setting something hard set. So please let. That's I okay. Just do the podcast where I'm still at work because. 
around the six o'clock time is when I'm wrapping up yeah. the day. So I, I still- We could also record. Oh, well, we're still recording. Yeah, but, so let's know. wrap it up. Um, <laughs> thank you, CC, for making a, 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 a cameo. cameo. Uh, thank you, Eric, for being here again, even on short notice. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Everybody out there, thanks for listening. And until next time, nos vemos. Adios. Bye-bye. What Daisy? Daisy, what's your safe word? What's your safe word, Daisy? <laughs> <laughs>